Good afternoon, everyone. Once again, a, a warm welcome uh, to everyone. Thank you again uh, for making time to be here today. And I would ask you now to join us in welcoming our webcast viewers. And I would like to thank MediaEvents.ca, Canada's online event space, and VVC for live streaming today's event. Again, my name is Danny Asaf, and have the privilege of serving as the president of the Canadian Club of Toronto and the honour of being your host here today. For over 119 years, the Canadian Club has been proud to provide this closely guarded platform and nonpartisan, uh, this closely guarded nonpartisan venue for the free and open exchange of ideas that impact our daily lives. Through our programs and our events, including our youth and young leaders programs, our diversity partnerships, our joint events, and media and social media opportunities, we're proud to offer you access to dynamic political, business, and social figures from both abroad and right here at home. And before I introduce, I formally introduce today's speaker, I would ask you just for a brief indulgence to tell you about another upcoming event, which will be on June 7th, uh, where we will are proud to host Patrick Brown, the leader of the PC Party of Ontario, and he will join us to outline his party's four-point plan for the future of Ontario. To order tickets or learn more about the club, please feel free to visit us at canadianclub.org, or you can follow the conversation via Twitter at CDNCLBTO. I would also like to take a brief moment to thank our sponsor, today's event sponsor, Scotiabank, and thank them very much for their support and their generous contribution to today's event. I take a moment to do that because of the importance this sponsor, these sponsorships are as a nonprofit organization to continue for, God willing, another 119 years uh, here at the Canadian Club, thanks to that kind of support. And also, I would like to take another opportunity to thank Air Canada, whom we're proud to say is the official airline sponsor of the Canadian Club of Toronto, and also recognize a group of youth and young leaders uh, that are also Civic Action Diversity Fellows sponsored by Bell. I would like to welcome them and thank Bell for that sponsorship as well. Are they here? If they can stand up, our youth and young leaders. They're a little shy. That's it. Thank you. Welcome. Welcome. Now, today we are here to hear from an influential and important Canadian. A Canadian from a province referred to sometimes as the Keystone province. Keystone because of its centrality in its geography to Canada. It connects all of our important geographies, north, east, west, and of course our neighbors to the south. Important because of some of its history, its history in the economic development of this country, which we can trace back to even the days of the Hudson's Bay Company. And of course, to today and to the future, and what we're going to hear from Premier Pallister and his new government. Manitobans made political history on April 19th of this year when they elected 
a new government for the first time in 17 years, the progressive conservative government led by Premier Pallister, and voted in the province's largest majority in its history, with the progressive conservative party winning 40 out of 57 seats. And it was clear that this mandate was based on an appetite for change. And change is a sentiment we're hearing across North America and the world in political discourse and what citizens want to see. But change for the sake of change is uncertain and unknown. You look for change that is thoughtful, that is responsive, and ultimately change that's going to be effective. And so far, the results of what Premier Pallister has offered his citizens is a reflection that he's listening. And in his recent budget, he made those priorities clear. And some of those priorities include those areas of importance, critical importance both there and here, in terms of education, tax policy, and infrastructure spending are some of the things that I've just took quick notes of. And he is looking to take that agenda to chart a new course for his 1.3 million citizens and perhaps for all of us to take note and learn and observe of what would work there for our lives across the country and including here in Ontario. And he is a man who has taken many challenges in his life and has always been willing to roll up his sleeves to do the hard work and never been afraid of that. He's an experienced politician, which we will talk about, a successful businessman, an athlete as well in multiple sports, and I understand also a bit of an artist. He took time to learn to play the piano. So in some ways, a very a renaissance man right from here in our prairies. <laughs> and he has been involved in politics since the early 90s with a very impressive CV and record of service. They include, he served as a member of the Legislative Assembly for Portage La Prairie in 1992 and again in 1995. He held a cabinet post as the Minister of Government Service services upon re-election, and in 2000, he served the federal riding of Portage Lisger for eight years. Later, he would return to provincial politics, this time serving as an MLA for Fort White. In 2012, he was acclaimed the leader of the Progressive Conservative Party of Manitoba, and of course, in April, became Manitoba's 22nd Premier, Mr. Brian Pallister, Premier Pallister, I now welcome you to our stage. The Canadian Club stage is yours. Thank you, uh, Mr. President. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for the opportunity uh, you've given me to uh, take my training wheels off after five weeks as Premier and actually practice a, a speech. I want to say, first of all, uh, a special uh, hello uh, to my old friend Peter McKay and welcome him here and say, Peter, it's great to see you and thank you for all your great work. I also see an old friend, Senator Con Donino, here as well. And Con, it is great to see you looking so good and nice to see you again. It's been too long. Thank you, Senator. The last uh, 
four or five weeks, someone asked me, how's it going? It's like uh, learning how to drink from a fire hose is what it's like. Uh, it's been a tremendously challenging and stimulating time. I have uh, with me today previously introduced our, uh, our new finance minister, uh, Cameron Friesen, who has, uh, in just uh, a few days, put together our provincial budget. We uh, preceded that with a throne speech. Uh, we preceded that with a five-week intense uh, campaign. Uh, we traveled over 10,000 kilometers. Uh, we preceded that with uh, three and a half years of focused, dedicated work, including, but not limited to recruiting for the first time in our party, uh, a third of our candidates were female. And that's a step in the right direction and long overdue. Every political party struggles with that challenge. We struggled with it too. But we're going to do better on that front. And I'm really, really pleased to say that uh, though I don't talk about in politics winning ever, nor did I ever in sport, I do really believe in the value of preparing so that you are in the right to expect you might win. We worked tremendously hard in our province. We recruited great people as candidates, great people as volunteers. And as you know, political organizations need volunteers. Uh, so I'm asking you all to volunteer for us in our next campaign in Manitoba, and any of you who grew up there should come home now. Uh, we need your help and we want you back. I want to talk to you a little bit today about some of the challenges facing our province. Uh, I'm, a, I'm an optimist, uh, but I'm also a realist, and there are some real challenges that we must address. Uh, we've inherited a deficit, uh, an incredibly large one, much larger than we were told. In fact, uh, a fiscal hole far deeper than we were led to believe during the election campaign by our preceding government. And it threatens our ability to deliver the kinds of services that we want to. Uh, we know uh, that sweeping austerity measures are not going to work. We know that will only harm our most vulnerable people and make matters worse. And so we have embarked on a careful and sensitive approach in the last few weeks that we believe will restore fiscal balance to our province. Uh, this is the approach we will continue to take. I used a, a metaphor a few weeks ago when I was speaking at the swearing-in of our, of our new cabinet. I, I say new because, of course, after 17 years, not a single one of our cabinet ministers has ever served as a cabinet minister before, and 24 of our 40 uh, members of the Legislative Assembly, or what you call MPPs here, are brand new. So we have tremendous learning curve challenges in our organization. The metaphor I used, and I'll use again, is this. Imagine, uh, some of you know Manitoba geography, imagine it's 200 years ago this morning, to the minute. Beautiful, beautiful morning, beautiful spring day, and a man is coming down the Assiniboine River in a canoe. Uh, he has precious cargo. He wants to trade. He is seeking a better, safer shore. He's going to the old Hudson Bay post, wasn't old 200 years ago, at Upper Fort Garry, right at the forks between the Assiniboine and the Red Rivers. Place to trade, place to prosper, place to protect his family. As he glides down the Assiniboine River to the forks, he's excited, and he misses his turn. And suddenly he's carried out into the Red River, far wider, much deeper, faster flowing. The current's been his friend for the past two days, but now suddenly, with every passing second, it's taking him further and further away from where he wants to be. It's taking him away from his intended destination. And he immediately understands the challenges that he faces. 
and he also knows the dangers of overreacting to those challenges. He realizes that he has to steer a new course, deftly, but gradually. He has to protect his cargo, and as his paddle carves a, a new direction, he heads through the rapidly flowing water to a safer shore. Now, that is exactly Manitoba's challenge right now, choosing a new direction to a better shore. And it is not a new challenge, and it is not a unique challenge either. In our province, as in yours, as in many Canadian provinces, people chose to come here with hope from shores distant. For generations, people have come to our beautiful Keystone province, and they've come with hope for a better life for themselves. And they've made Manitoba their home of hope. And they chose Manitoba because they believed they could build a better life there, and they carved out a new direction for themselves in changing the route of their lives. And in doing so, they found a better shore. And their example is our inspiration. It's the inspiration of my colleague and our friends in government today. Our government's goal, in fact, our duty, is to replace doubt with optimism, disharmony with unity, fear and anxiety with hope and opportunity for a better life. And we know that will not be easy. We know the challenge before us is great. In fact, that's why I got back into politics, because I like a challenge. Heck, I even tried to bring the two Conservative parties together back a few years ago. <laughs> so did Peter. So did many of you. And we did. This is, uh, in some respects, uh, a challenge like that. We have to undo the damage that's been done through mismanagement and neglect over the last 16 years or so in our province. We have to carefully navigate past the dangers in front of us, and we have to change our course towards a more stable and a more prosperous future. So let me tell you about some of the challenges, because I think it's important to be honest about them, or we won't address them effectively. First of all, in Manitoba, we have the longest emergency room waits in Canada. Four of the top five waits under the Canadian Institute of Health Information data that we most recently have obtained are in Winnipeg hospitals, four or five in Canada. You could uh, go to the airport in Winnipeg, fly to Vancouver, return back, and you would get home before the average person at Concordia Hospital in Winnipeg would have gotten into emergency. This has to be addressed. This is totally unacceptable. We have the longest wait times for numerous other surgical procedures as well, hips and other, other procedures. These long wait times have to be addressed. Ambulance fees. We have the highest ambulance fees in Canada. We have people who have written to our MLAs and told them they have walked to, um, to emergency rooms because they uh, are afraid they can't afford to pay for the ambulance. This is totally unacceptable. We have stories of people who are in extreme duress and pain who are calling the paramedics to come to their home and then debating whether or not to get into the ambulance. This just can't continue. Poverty. We have... Am I depressing you yet? <laughs> it's not my intention, but it's important to understand 
These are real challenges. When I met with the moneylenders this morning, they all want us to balance the books next year. But we'll dump the cargo if we try that. There are social needs that have to be addressed. I'm a, I'm a budget balancer, but I also want health care for seniors and education for children. We have the highest child poverty rate in Canada. One of every four children in Manitoba grows up in poverty. The vast majority of them are Indigenous children. We have too many children in care and far too many Indigenous children in care. Almost double the number in Saskatchewan to the west with a similar demographic and a similar population. And too many of these children have been moved from foster home to foster home to foster home or stored in motel rooms, and this is not acceptable. In education, we have the lowest rankings among our students across Canada in English, in math, in science. Now, each of these failures hurts our people. In education, our children, surely in health care, our seniors. And so we must address these challenges and will. In this past fiscal year, provincial spending in our province exceeded revenues by over $1 billion. That is the highest deficit in the history of Manitoba. Now, for many of us, uh, the number $1 billion is a difficult number to comprehend. It's hard to appreciate how big it really is. Let me just put it in context. Uh, a billion seconds ago, it was 1959. A billion minutes ago, Jesus Christ was walking on the earth. A billion hours ago, our ancestors were living in the Stone Age, and a billion dollars ago was last year in Manitoba. <laughs> <clears throat> now, a deficit that large has tremendous and serious consequences for Manitoba and Manitobans, and so does our provincial debt, which has doubled in the last uh, seven years from $16 billion to $33 billion. Now, that means hundreds of millions of dollars that could be spent every year to improve the quality of education or better improve health care and access to health care or fill some more potholes is not available because happy money lenders here in Toronto and New York City get it instead. And with all due respect, these happy money lenders, I'd like it if they were a little less happy and our seniors were happier. That's why I'm here today, to talk to our friends at these bond rating agencies and convince them that we need a better relationship and a little time, too. See, Manitoba is in a precarious situation. We're vulnerable to a credit rating downgrade. We're vulnerable if interest rates should rise because of the high leverage that previous administrations have used. And we are working hard to make sure that our borrowing costs do not go higher, and we are making hard efforts to ensure that our critical services are available to the people who need them. I'm a competitive guy. I don't apologize for that. And it concerns me very much that our economic competitiveness is not where it needs to be. It, our taxation rates are the highest among the provinces in most categories, uh, certainly west of New Brunswick. Uh, we have the highest provincial sales tax, uh, the highest general corporate tax rates. We have the highest payroll tax rates among uh, all those provinces I mentioned. And our basic personal exemption where we begin to tax people uh, is the lowest west of New Brunswick as well. Our small business corporate tax rate, our exemption level, is the lowest. So to attract new businesses to our, our province and to grow our economy, uh, we need to address these things. 
this, this current situation is hurting our ability to grow. It's hurting our ability uh, to prosper. So now you're wondering, how could this big depressing guy have got to be Premier of Manitoba when he just <laughs> thinks things are so bad? Well, let me tell you a little bit about me. I grew up poor. I hitchhiked to university. I was the oldest. We couldn't afford a car. I put myself through university. I worked while I went to school, like many of you did. If it wasn't for a scholarship in my third year, it would have taken me another year to get through. I depended on the help and assistance of others in that process. Thank you to the people who stopped and picked up this big, lanky, six-foot-eight guy with a beard and hair down his back halfway. And what were they thinking? <laughs> Thank you to the people who had small businesses and took the time to employ a guy who needed the money. Thanks to the basketball coach that took a chance on a big, clumsy kid who was a project. Thank you to all those people. I taught for a few years, and I loved it, but I thought I'd try starting a business. I started a business out of my car in 1980, and then out of my house. And then I started hiring people, and I got a letter from the Minister of Finance in Manitoba, and I thought it was a thank you letter, and it was a payroll tax bill. And I got into politics right that day. <laughs> we still have a payroll tax in Manitoba. That needs to be addressed, too. Years later, I entered politics at the provincial level because my community was dying. We had lost our Campbell's soup plant and our Air Force base. Doesn't sound like much maybe to Torontonians, but that was 23% of our jobs. This is what I think drives people to get involved in politics, to make a difference, to try to help, to give something back, and I'm so proud to be in a career where I can do that and honored to do it on behalf of a province I love so much. So after I went to the provincial legislature, I realized that the government of the day, the government of which I was a member, was uh, spending more than it was bringing in with some taxes I thought were onerous enough. And so I drafted a balanced budget taxpayer protection act as a private member, and uh, it was not adopted immediately, but we ran the 1995 Manitoba election on that, and we won, running as conservatives. We won. And we strengthened our economy, and we preserved our services at one of the most difficult economic times in, after, uh, outside of the Depression in Canadian history to date. I managed a government department for a premier named Gary Philman. At that time, I found efficiencies that saved Manitobans millions of dollars. I listened to my employees and worked hard to gather their ideas. I put comment boxes in every government, every government shop. Got lots of gum wrappers. Got lots of great ideas, too. This is the kind of government we're going to run in Manitoba. It's going to listen to frontline workers because there's lots of great ideas out there if you're ready to listen. We're going to make changes because we have to, because it's, it's not, I wouldn't use the word desperate, but I would say it's severe. It's, uh, it's going to be a great challenge. I've been part of teams all my life. I enjoy it in sports, in business, in community work, and in politics. I've 
been proud to serve with teams in uh, government in Manitoba and federally of great people who made a difference. And I have a record of being part of building teams, too, and I love that. And I am very, very proud of the people. I think we ran the best slate of candidates in Manitoba that's ever been run in Manitoba history. And I was so pleased to see 40 of them elected election night. The Liberal Party in Manitoba went from one to three. So they elected two new members. The NDP elected three new members, and we elected 24. It makes me so happy to tell you that. <laughs> because we have the opportunity now to serve the people of our province, and we will. So these challenges I've told you about are, are significant, and nature teaches us some interesting lessons. And one of them is how species of different types react to challenge. I come from a mixed farm background. We used to have cattle. When a storm comes up, when the clouds gather in the western sky, the, the cattle will move to the far end of the pasture. They'll try to hide. Uh, birds will hunker down in the thick part of trees. Uh, burrowing animals will go deeper into the ground. But one species, it's different. That species always turns and faces a storm. Forms a team. Puts the young behind them. Protects them. Manitoba bison, good species. <laughs> we are like that in Manitoba. We see the challenges. We know they're real. We're excited by them. We want to face the storm together. We will restore fis fiscal discipline to our province. What else will we do? Well, Manitobans are Canada's by reputation. Manitobans are Canada's smartest shoppers. We're wholesale people. <laughs> And shouldn't the government shop as intelligently with the money it takes from you as you do with the money you have left after you pay your taxes? Hasn't been the case. We're going to make sure that's the case. We have a government that uh, is going to continue to control the growth in spending. We know that spending will grow. We're tied into a number of contracts we can't get out of. We know that uh, the previous government tried to poison our well water. They signed labor agreements for five years, taking us beyond the next election with no layoff clauses in them. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> but we'll find ways to make things work. Yeah. You're thinking, how the hell is he going to manage this, aren't you? <laughs> so am I. We're going to eliminate waste and duplication. We're going to create a culture of spending intelligently. We're going to keep our annual spending growth below 3%. We'll reduce the number of departments we already have. I've reduced my cabinet size by 30 percent. We're launching a fiscal performance review, which will commence in July 1st and go for six months. We'll listen to the advice. We'll act on the advice. We're going to launch a complete review of our health care programs. We're going to do a red tape review that will knock your socks off, the most ambitious in the history of Canadian provinces. We will act on what we hear. We will do what we must do because, well, like the bison, we are, we're willing to face the storm. Earlier this week, our government introduced its first budget. This is my finance minister, and I'm proud of the great work he did, especially considering the fact that, uh, well, he's only been the finance minister for a matter of days. And I think it's probably a record to proceed this ambitiously, but we believe it's the right thing to do. And our approach, the approach I've just described to you, is going to continue in future years, and we will gradually, safely, deftly restore our province to a balanced position. Our budget reduces the real deficit by $122 million. That's a 12% improvement over last fiscal year. That's pretty significant, especially considering the time frame. We expect to do better next year. 
Manitobans gave us a mandate for change. We will address change. Economic growth is critical, and it will be a key part of how we succeed. I'm a competitive guy, and I met with Premier Bradwell. I met him a few times. The last meeting, he made a mistake. And I, want, I say this publicly because I think it's important Brad remember this. The day before we met, he ridiculed the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. <laughs> this is simply not acceptable. And so when I sat down with him, I said, Brad, there's a couple of things. One, uh, what goes around comes around. And uh, secondly, Manitobans are tremendously impressed by your success. We, we really see what you're doing here as uh, inspirational. But I must tell you, we used to make fun of Saskatchewan, and I'm looking forward to doing it again. <laughs> we have a great relationship, and I have been really pleased. Uh, if, uh, so far, I've met with nine uh, of, our, of my compatriots uh, around the country, including territorial leaders. And I am very pleased with the degree of uh, willingness to support us in our efforts and a willingness, certainly, to give back in, in return to them. I think uh, it is in everyone's best interests, of course, when Canadians succeed anywhere, and in particular when Canadian governments succeed to manage properly, that benefits their neighbours as well. Our government's going to uh, grow Manitoba's economy. We are going to increase our competitiveness. We will be a principled and reliable partner. We will work beside the business community, not above it. We will work with Indigenous Manitobans. We want them to be full partners. In the future, society will build together. We'll facilitate new venture capital. We'll negotiate membership in the new West partnership with the other three Western provinces to remove trade barriers among us, and we will take the lead in negotiating more open and free trade across the country of Canada as well. We will invest in strategic infrastructure. We'll continue the significant commitment to address our inherited infrastructure deficit, which is real. We took steps this week to index our tax brackets, finally, to the rate of inflation, including the basic personal exemptions, so that every bracket rises with inflation, as it should, so that no more can the nefarious nature of non-indexed tax brackets sneak money away from the most vulnerable people. We will significantly increase our tourism promotion because we believe that Manitoba has something to promote. Under the previous administration, we led the country in government advertising about government, and we were 10th in advertising our province, we will change those numbers around. We will do this all in partnership with our business community and business leaders. We will work with our frontline workers. We will partner with our Indigenous leadership and community members because we believe that teamwork works. And we will establish a relationship where government is working with the people, cooperatively beside them. I may be six foot eight, but I never, ever look down on people. None of this is going to be easy. None of this will be accomplished overnight. It will take time. It will take patience. It will take hard work. But the great thing about Manitobans is we aren't afraid of any of those things. We're not afraid of hard work. Like the Manitoba bison, we're ready to face the storm. We're going to protect our vulnerable. We will support future generations. We will emerge from this challenge stronger and better together. And on behalf of all Manitobans, I want you to know that our best days are ahead of us. And I also want you to know, all of you to know, 
what we already know in Manitoba. The only thing better than today in Manitoba is tomorrow in Manitoba. Thank you. Good afternoon. My name is Fred Mifflin, and I'm the president-elect of the Canadian Club. Uh, Premier Pallister, I want to thank you for taking the time to tell us about your ambitious plans for Manitoba. It's obvious that you're very passionate about what you do. You're clearly not taking your election victory for granted. Among your plans to create economic growth and improve health and education for every Manitoban, you're also clear about your intent to conduct business with increased openness and transparency. At a time of great economic uncertainty globally, we salute your bold vision for Manitoba. You've acknowledged that the responsibility is great and the challenges are many. However, we're confident that your determination and your focus and your team will provide the desired results for your province. Thanks very much again. Please accept our best wishes for continued success in your mandate. I would just like to uh, echo uh, Fred's comments. And uh, I won't make any jokes about the Winnipeg Blue Bombers because we want to end this on a high note. <laughs> and uh, we just want to thank you again on behalf of the club in for helping us fulfill its mission, uh, Premier Pallister, you did not disappoint. Obviously, the challenges you face and the, 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 uh, the humility and the thoughtfulness that you are bringing to these questions are going to be hopefully to the benefit of Manitoba and also something that we will all learn from as we face similar challenges across this country. Thank you again. Thank all of you. Have a great afternoon. This meeting is now adjourned.